Hello and welcome to another episode of A Slice of Health, the Candid Health Chat podcast, where we slice away health truth from health fiction. Join me and my friends as we challenge common health myths via chit chat powered by several cups of coffee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and do visit us at a sliceofhealth.club. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome health champions to another episode of A Slice of Health. On today's episode, I am joined by Tomi, who is the vegan Nigerian and also the author of the Plantain Cookbook. And today we're going to be talking about being vegan, being vegan with a Nigerian culture and how veganism can improve your health, your lifestyle, and also how much fun it can be to be vegan and the ways we can incorporate that into a Nigerian diet. Welcome to me to the episode. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to get chatting. Oh, that's great. So tell us a lot about yourself. A lot. Well, okay. I mean, I guess the best place to start is at the beginning, right? So I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and so all of my childhood memories are kind of situated to there. And I grew up just loving food. As you probably know, Nigeria is a food loving culture. You go to parties, you go to occasions, and it's all about the food. So I would say my love for food started very early on. Um, I would say I started watching cookery shows probably from the age of eight or nine, something ridiculous like that. Um, but I think I was just drawn to the creativity of it. I loved the idea of taking random ingredients and creating something out of nothing, right? I just loved the idea of it. And so I sort of absorbed all of these cooking shows. And then of course I would always observe when my parents would cook as well. And so I grew up eating a lot of traditional Nigerian food and that's what I eventually went on to kind of learn and hone and incorporate into the business that I run today. So fast forward a few years, um, we moved to the UK in my mid-teens and I was at university when I actually went vegan. So like I said, prior to that, I'd, I'd loved food anyway, but then making this transition to veganism, I was suddenly met with this question from all around, like, what are you going to eat now? Like, does this mean you're giving up on Nigerian food? Are you just going to be eating salads and broccoli and, you know, and the idea of doing that appalled me because I thought to myself, absolutely not. There's no way I'm giving up on any of the foods that I love. And so it sparked the idea to start the Vegan Nigerian. Um, and so the Vegan Nigerian um, is a blog I started in 2013. It started off with me just sharing random recipes of veganizing traditional Nigerian food. Sometimes I would do like fusion cooking as well, just anything that kind of came to my mind that I wanted to share, I would share on the blog. Um, and it's just been a very fun process so far. You know, it's turned into my career now, what I do. Um, uh, it led to me doing pop-up restaurants and cooking classes. It led to me publishing my cookbook, the planting cookbook. And so it's just kind of opened up a number of doors that I never imagined it would. So yeah, you take that little girl from Lagos and if you would have told her that, you know, 15 years or so later, she would be vegan, she'd probably laugh at you, but here we are. <laughs> That is, that is so interesting. And um, I'm just going to piggyback on something that you said in terms of people asking you that, um, 
Are you just going to be eating salad and broccoli? Do you think that that is sort of a cultural mindset in terms of, oh, if you are vegan or vegetarian, then the only thing that you're going to be eating is salad or sort of with the Nigerian tune, salad. Like, is, mm-hmm. is, that, <laughs> is, that, the kind, is that the kind of thing that, that you've got? Yes, big time. That is what I, I heard a lot. And I think also um, taking into consideration the context of the times as well, like veganism as it is right now, isn't what it was just seven years ago when I went vegan. Um, now there's just more variety and people are able to see that actually the vegan plant-based lifestyle is not so alien and strange and weird. Whereas back then, I feel like there wasn't a lot of knowledge around it. At least I would say in Nigerian community for sure, there was hardly any knowledge about vegan food, even though a lot of our dishes are plant-friendly. Uh, we have so many, like an abundance of fruits and vegetables that we incorporate into our diet anyway. So like that was never a question. But the idea of just giving up animal products completely was very foreign. And so when you see it even reflected in the media that it's, oh, veganism is like a white thing, you know, upper middle class, maybe yoga going, kombucha drinking, uh, green juices and smoothies. When you see that as the face of veganism, it's no wonder that you would get questions like, oh, is it only salads? <laughs> and w- like, what kind of food are you going to be eating that is going to nourish you and make you feel full, make you feel, yeah, that you're not abandoning your culture? Um, and so, yeah, I was definitely met with that sort of skepticism. And it's taken time to um, demonstrate that that doesn't have to be the case whatsoever you know for anyone who's thinking of going vegan you you don't have to give up on taste on flavor on abundance yeah and i love what you said because uh, uh our latest episode we had a gynecologist who is plant-based come on and we were talking about the importance of using plant-based diet to reverse a lot of gynecology problems, including things like endometriosis. Um, and, you know, she, she, she's an Asian lady and, you know, she was talking about how a lot of Asian and African dishes originally were actually just plant-based and mm-hmm. with colonization, um, they then started adding meat to a lot of our dishes. And so we often had all these vegetable soups alongside a, what we call a swallow which is already mm. plant-based or the things that we eat with rice and plantain and adding meat to things actually was a thing of colonization as opposed to our own traditional way of eating food um and so actually veganism and you know eating a lot more vegetables and a lot more color in our diet actually does belong to us and it shouldn't seem so foreign foreign to us so i'm really glad that you, that you touched on that and going into you in uni, what, what was the reason or the trigger for you to then decide that you were going to explore adding more vegetables to your diet and, and then going fully vegan? Yeah, so prior to going vegan, um, I had started to develop sort of an interest in nutrition in general, um, but it wasn't always in the healthiest way. Uh, as a teenage girl, as I'm sure a lot of teenage girls can relate, you struggle with your weight or you think you're struggling with your weight (laughs) and you try all of these strange fad diets from Atkins to low fat, name it, I tried it, right? But 
underpinning all of this was always an interest in nutrition and what would be the best for my body. And so when I was at university, I remember the first two years being very hectic. Um, I was at a really like high pressure university doing double essays every week and, you know, work back to back and not really having the time to slow down and think about how what I was eating, what I was fooling my body with was actually either helping or hindering me. Now, I um, so I studied English and French, which meant that in my third year, we had to go abroad to study abroad. So I was actually in France at the time when I went vegan, um, which was a very interesting experience, I have to say. <laughs> but um, for the first time in, you know, the two years since I'd been at uni, my pace of life was a lot slower. Um, you know, I would go on long walks during the weekend, go to like the food market. I would just be surrounded by um, just fruits and vegetables and rekindling my love of cooking again. And, but at the same time, I was eating still a lot of processed meats, a lot of cheeses, a lot of dairy, which is typical of the French diet, right? And um, started to notice in myself that I was lacking in energy, feeling kind of like a brain fog, waking up and it would feel as though I hadn't slept well, even though I'd maybe had seven to eight hours of sleep. And so I started to question all of these things and instinctively linked it all to my diet. And so at this point, kind of disillusioned as well with the diet culture, not wanting to fall into the, okay, now I must restrict and I must um, eat only 200 calories a day, you know, crazy stuff like that. I kind of looked at it from another angle and I thought, hmm, what would it look like if I eliminated a lot of these processed, you know, heavy animal products from my diet? Like, how would that make me feel? And so after a week of trying that, I noticed the difference almost immediately, just in my energy levels. I felt great. I was like, okay, I think I can do this. But then compounding all of this was, I guess, a growing interest in animal rights and animal ethics. And so the more research I kind of did into the vegan lifestyle, because like I said before, Nigerian background, the whole idea of veganism hadn't even come up for me. In fact, I think the only vegan I knew at the time was like a celebrity vegan. And that was like my only idea of what it was. <laughs> so um, it was only through doing the research that I kind of came to put a name to what I was practicing at this point. Um, and so, yeah, I, I remember like, so... I reached the end of my internship, the first half of my internship in France, and it was at that point that I decided to go vegan. And then when I went home for Christmas that year, I thought to myself, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to keep this up. You know, like when your mom has cooked chicken and rice and all of the yummy stuff, maybe I'll just indulge and then go back to it. <laughs> but then I think just a, a moment that stands out in my head was actually walking up to like a pot of chicken stew my mom had made, lifting up the chicken, looking at it and just thinking to myself, like, I have no desire for this anymore and just putting it down. And from then on, it was just like vegan straight, like for the last seven years, haven't even been tempted by the idea of meat, which a lot of people find surprising. They're like, oh, but don't you just, even the smell of chicken, I'm like, no, like even the smell of it now, I just have no desire for it. And so, yeah, going, going back to your question and sort of tying a neat bow on everything, I would say um, 
having that time in my life, the space to think, the space to analyze, um, really helped me come to that decision to finally, eventually go vegan. <laughs> you know, I really like that as well. In terms, you know, what you said about Paris and and maybe it wasn't so much the location. Maybe it was also just that opportunity that you had to slow down and <laughs> just. Be, be mindful of the changes in your own body and your energy levels as well. Sometimes a lot of us are just, you know, living our lives back to back, back to back in the hustle, grind yes. to the grind. And, you know, we're tired, but we're still working and we're all running on empty. And I think this time as well in sort of Corona season, it's also given some of us time to just slow down mm. and reassess and, and notice things as well that a lot of us eat, but we're not mindful about what we eat and the effect that that has on our bodies and you know you eat certain things and you get really bloated or you get really gassy yeah. your acne flares up or your skin is really horrible or your energy levels are so bad but you never think to correlate it to what you've eaten because maybe we've not been trained that way and we've never nobody's actually told us that you should be mindful of what your body does after you've eaten certain things and what it sounds like is that that time in Paris gave you that opportunity to actually analyze and, and sort of do that reset. And I think a lot of times as well, when people talk about being vegan, people who don't understand think that it's a very restrictive diet. Hmm. What would you say to that? Because I think that it, they, they are actually two polar opposites. What would you say to that mindset? So it's, um, it's very understandable that people immediately think that, you know, I don't want to even sort of downplay that fear that might stop people from going vegan because yes, we're saying give up on dairy, on eggs, on meat, on any sort of animal products. Right. And if that's the way you've been eating your entire life, then for sure, that's going to seem restrictive. What helped me in my transition was looking at it from a different point of view. It wasn't so much, what am I giving up? It's what am I gaining now? So I don't know about you, but when I was, before I was vegan, um, I feel as though my diet was a bit more restricted, to be honest, because it would be the same old meat with maybe vegetables would be the afterthought if I even bothered to make it. It would maybe just be the starch and then meat or something like potatoes and meat, rice and meat, whatever. And then going vegan, um, it suddenly opened my eyes to like the thousands <laughs> of fruits and vegetables that are out there just waiting to be discovered. Um, and for the first time, I found myself cooking ingredients that I had never cooked before, um, going to like the supermarket or like the food market and picking up things that before I would have just overlooked. Um, and so, yeah, I would say, for anyone who is worried about that, try and look at it from that point of view that you're opening yourself up to more, to like abundance. Like now is a time to experiment and try all kinds of delicious plant-based foods. Um, and I think when you go from it from that positive angle, it shifts so much and, and it, it makes the experience of transitioning a lot more fun, a lot more um, doable, in my opinion. Definitely. You know what you said about your i think your frame of reference really definitely changes because you then start cooking with things that you know you start cooking with lentils and chickpeas and and mm -hmm. things that you probably haven't really you might have been aware that they existed 
but you're you're probably it's not really in your consciousness and it's not in your sort of daily routine and, and it really does open up a brand new world how did you get into then coming up with the plantain cookbook tell us about that <laughs> yeah so um i published that back in 2018 so almost a couple of years now yeah and um the idea came to me because I just love plantain as an ingredient. You know, I grew up on it, ate it almost every single day as a kid. You know, I was, I was just obsessed with plantain. And I think most people can agree that it, it just tastes amazing. Um, but I think one day I had the thought that the way we cook it is so limited. Um, I feel like we boil it, we fry it, maybe roast it sometimes, but then we don't do much else with it. At least not that I knew of. Um, and so I just thought it would be fun to experiment, do a few fun recipes with it. Um, and yeah, just kind of create this love letter to plantain in a way. Um, <laughs> and so the book is actually self-published. And so all the uh, food photos in there, I actually shot myself, had to test out the recipes, got some friends to taste it and let me know their opinion um, and sort of fine tuned everything. And I think throwing myself into that process was really kind of eye-opening because you see it from the ground up, like what it takes to put a book together and to put a project together like that. And yeah, I just, I had a blast really. And so, yeah, I hope to publish more. Um, and actually like my heart's desire is to have like the vegan Nigerian cookbook, the definitive one that anyone can pick up. And whether you're familiar with Nigerian food or not, you will just be blown away by the recipes and want to try it all. Uh, so that's like my long-term goal. Um, but until then, I might try a few more of these like single ingredient, fun recipe type things. So, yeah. <laughs> that is that is absolutely amazing. And I love how you said it's a love letter to plantain because it is, I, I personally feel like it's the food of the gods because it's, mm. and it is really versatile as well in terms of, you know, being sweet and savory at the same time, and you can use it in so many, so many amazing ways. How have you then incorporated veganism into Nigerian dishes in a way that people who are so used to seeing meat in their stews and their soups have now been like, actually, I don't need, I don't need oxtail in my effort, or I don't mm -hmm. need, I don't need beef in my effort. I can actually eat it on its own. How have you gotten to that point? Yeah, so a couple of ways. Um, so you mentioned, so, you know, some really good, you raised some really good points there that, you know, it's about the taste, but it's also about the texture. Um, and so what I've tried to do is, because I, I'm more of an advocate of whole food plant-based rather than processed, so I wouldn't necessarily use things like, uh, you know, seitan, which is like a meat substitute. I wouldn't necessarily go down that route, but I would use natural ingredients so say like mushrooms for instance i have a really amazing effort recipe that uses dried mushrooms now the reason i use dried is because when you rehydrate it the texture is actually a lot meatier than if you just use fresh mushrooms so that's a little trick um, and then just things like aubergine as well i use that in my stew all the time and you know when you cook it long enough the texture is just amazing in the stew and it feels like you're you know, having that meaty texture while you're eating and you're almost kind of, I don't want to say you're tricking your brain, but in a way you kind of are. <laughs> and I know a lot of people are so unconvinced by that. They're like, oh, but it's just, this is a watery vegetable. And I'm like, no, but it depends on how you cook it too. Uh, and so, yeah, 
I would say getting the texture right, getting the taste right, not compromising on your spices and flavors. You know, Nigerian food is all about the heat. It's about, you know, it's about the spices. Um, and so not shying away from that when I cook so that when people taste the food, there are like recognizable flavors that they remember um, from the original dish. And so it's not too much of a leap for them. Mm. That's amazing. And you know, that trick that you just mentioned about mushrooms, I'm definitely going to have to try that because I've never, I've never heard about that. Oh yeah. Before. Um, so, yeah. So that's something to try. And oh, have you ever tried being raw? Cause I think that's something that I recently came across that being a raw vegan. Um, and now that seems a bit extreme. Um, I don't mm. think I'm brave enough to, to go there, but is that something that you've ever come across? And what advice would you give to people who wanted to sort of jump ship to, to, to that, to that side? So I've tried it, you know, I feel like it's a rite of passage <laughs> as a vegan <laughs> because you will undoubtedly come across the online material and the YouTube channels that really go into detail about the raw vegan lifestyle, the benefits of it and whatnot. And, um, there are certainly a lot of raw vegans who make the lifestyle look attractive, especially when they tell you about the health benefits that they've experienced. So for me, um, when I have tried raw in the past, it's usually been in the summer months. So here in the UK, you know, we have our summers, but we have our long winters too. And so I don't even look at, I don't really see the raw food as viable during the winter weather period because I don't know, I just need that warmth and that comfort. That's just me personally. So summer months when it's a lot, uh, brighter it's a lot hotter um, you need more fresh food anyway I would definitely say if you want to try it give it a go but make sure that you're getting enough calories when you do that um, and it's very easy to kind of under eat even though it might seem as though you're eating a lot because a lot of these foods are high in water high in fiber and it can make you feel full quite quickly but then you find out that actually the the calorie amount that you're getting doesn't up to what you need during the day so another way to get around that is actually maybe to do like partially raw so maybe you can have like a raw breakfast like a really loaded smoothie with all the goodness and the freshness in there um, a loaded salad for lunch and then a cooked meal for dinner so that way you're getting the best of both worlds in a sense um, and I certainly tend to do that like I said before more during the summer months than any other time um, and yeah, that's what I would say. In terms of going completely fully raw, like all year round, I, I wouldn't advocate it, but that's just me. <laughs> it might work for some people, but I, I wouldn't advocate it. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't see it as sustainable, first of all. And um, just from an affordability perspective, there are a lot of people who may not have that level of access. You know, it may be cheaper to get like a bag of beans and lentils with your vegetables every week than having to get like trays of bananas and apples and pineapples. You know what I mean? So whatever works. Definitely. And it sounds like you've gotten to a place where you're living a sustainable lifestyle with your diet. And so it, it doesn't sound like, you know, oh, you've been vegan for two months and you've seen how it goes. You know, you've been doing this for years and now you're teaching people how to do it in a sustainable way as well, which is amazing. So if you were to give someone who is currently on a, 
let's not say someone who is too extreme into red meat. Let's say someone who ate meat and fish maybe three to four times a week and wasn't really a fan of red meat, who then wanted to then go into veganism because of the health benefits and also perhaps wanted to switch as well from dairy. Where would you, where would you tell them to start? Mm, so it's different for everyone, right? So some people may not be like me in the sense that I just went vegan overnight virtually. Some people prefer to take it in stages and that's completely valid as well. So I would say, look at the alternatives that are out there for dairy in particular. Now you can get all kinds of dairy free milks like oat milk, which I believe is the most, one of the most sustainable meat, uh, uh, dairy alternatives. Um, you can look at if you're a really diehard cheese fan. I mean, there are vegan cheeses out there now if you really, really need it. Right. Um, and yeah, I would say that same energy that you're using to cut down on your meat to like two, three, four times a week, slowly start to reduce. So maybe this week you're doing four times a week. Next week, try three times a week and so on and so forth. But give yourself that space and give yourself that time to really kind of um, ease into the lifestyle because I've heard of so many people who have like jumped the gun they've gone vegan overnight and then a month later they're turning around and saying ah it wasn't for me it was too difficult like it, it doesn't seem right and they haven't given it enough of a chance so if you allow yourself to transition to transition slowly that would definitely help and then the other thing I always like to say is to really educate yourself and do your research because that is what um, feeds your conviction. So for me, being vegan is so much more than just the diet, for instance. It's also the impact that I'm having on the world. You know, Look at the ways in which our food systems are built and organized and how it's actually more damaging than beneficial and how by you making this personal change in your life, you can make even a small bit of a difference, right? And I'm all about that. I'm all about people making an impact on the world in whatever way, shape or form. You know, they're constantly telling us conserve energy, save water, recycle, and we happily do all those things. But then I think it becomes more sensitive when it comes to the issue of food because food is so personal to us. Um, but I think if you can sort of internalize all the reasons why a plant-based vegan diet is better for you and the planet, I think that can definitely give you like a solid foundation. Yeah. That's amazing. And just before we round up, give our listeners one best vegan dessert recipe, something super amazing. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'll so give you so anything dessert. Yeah, I'm there. So yeah. Really? What's your favorite dessert? Um, ooh, I love carrot cake. So okay. I've got I've got a good vegan carrot cake and a good, well, I've also got a good vegan chocolate and a good vegan banana. Um, right. So maybe something else. Okay. So there is this one dessert recipe. Oh, I'll give you, I'll give you maybe a couple actually, because I, I get, I get very excited about awesome. vegan desserts. Well. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you've ever worked with aquafaba. No. So aquafaba is essentially, stay with me here. Okay. It's, it's the liquid you get from a can of chickpeas okay now when you whisk it long enough with sugar and vanilla it resembles um whipped egg whites okay 
it's incredible. And so you can use that to make like meringues, you can use it to make like vegan mousse, if you incorporate some chocolate in there as well. It's so versatile. You can even add it to cakes to make it lighter and fluffier. Um, so I would say try that. Um, and then maybe another one I'll say that I used to love making a lot is a, a vegan banoffee pie. Yeah, and I have a recipe for that on my website actually, but it's basically like a layer of like blended coconut and nuts, you know, that's the base. And then you have a layer of um, date, raw date caramel. Um, then you have like bananas and then you finish it off with um, some whipped coconut cream with a dusting of cocoa powder and it's just that sounds lush that, yeah. that, that, oh gosh that sounds lush that is amazing. <laughs> thank you Tony for coming on today's episode and thank You're you welcome. for finishing on such a sweet note as well that <laughs> sounds delicious where can our listeners find you online and how can they book a class with you so you can find me um, at www.veganidrain.com. That's my main website. And then I'm active on social media. So Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I am at Vegan Nigerian everywhere. Um, so come say hello. And yeah, let's have some food chats and fun. <laughs> awesome. That is great. And you guys, I'm going to put the link for the Bonofi uh, recipe under the um, podcast notes. So make sure you try that out. Thank you so much, Tommy, for coming on today's episode. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Do share this podcast with two people who have not heard about us before. Remember that this podcast in no way replaces advice from your own doctor or physician. Do subscribe and follow us on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes so that others can access the amazing content. And do join the club at a sliceofhealth.club and drop us some suggestions or questions that you might have. Don't forget to be a health champion wherever you go by separating health fact from health fiction.